Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. the biggest entrepreneur destination on the planet. I'm Alex Worley. Welcome to Business Rockstars. Now let's go to Mark Lack. CEO and founder of Spin Gym, Forbes Riley shares three ways to achieve your goals. Number one is you want to begin with the end in mind. When you go to a meeting or you start a project, figure out what you want it to be before you start. Tip number two, what does the word no mean to you? You know, I'm quoted as being one of the greatest salespeople ever. I get like four no's and I would be, oh, I can't stand it. If you ask a girl to marry you and she says no, you're gonna go find somebody else. She says yes, you stop. Never ending opportunity. Final tip that I'm gonna give you, dream it, believe it, achieve it. I'm gonna challenge you, whatever your dream is, to amplify it. That's how we got to the moon. JFK looked at that little white thing in the sky and says, I think we can get there. And everyone said, you're crazy. We got to the moon. You don't get to sit home and wait for the phone to ring. No, it doesn't really work that way. You write down action steps. You get a mentor. You find someone who's done what you've done and you ask them how they did it. And now with more on how to get to where you want to go with your business, joining me is Scott Richards, the CEO and founder of Reconnect Research. It's great to have you here. Well, it's great to be here. Give us the elevator pitch. What is Reconnect Research? Reconnect Research connects people that are already on the phone that didn't get to where they wanted to with research surveys. So what is the first step? Because we're talking about how to get to where you want to go, in this case, setting and achieving goals. What is the first step when setting a goal? Setting a goal is you have to know the why. Why, why do I want to do what I'm going to do? What's the next step? Next step is what are the steps necessary? So you have to figure out what are the steps you need to do. In the case of Reconnect Research, what we came up with is the first thing we needed to do is do a case study because what we had, were attempting to do had never been done before. So we needed to find out whether or not it would actually work. Okay, so first come up with a really clear vision, figure out why you're going to dedicate everything you have to achieve that vision, and then figure out the what and the how. Is that accurate? Exactly. So, you know, when I tell people to figure out the what and the how, I always say, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Try to find somebody who's already achieved what you've already, you know, what you're wanting to do. Essentially follow in the footsteps, don't reinvent the wheel. Copy genius, not mediocrity. Do you think something similar to that? I think that's a great idea. Obviously, there's no sense in reinventing a uh, some platform that's already out there that you could just use. What's the biggest mistake you see people make when they're getting into business and they're trying to, you know, get their business to where they want it to be? Well, it's basically coming up with an idea and then trying to engineer it to such a point that it's absolutely perfect and then eventually getting it out there. So what's your advice to them then? Because we were talking about this. People try to make something perfect before they put it out in the marketplace, but that's not what they should be doing. No, your objective is as fast as humanly possible. Get whatever idea you have into the marketplace so somebody will part with their money and actually give you the money because they want to buy what you have. But the person says... But what if I fail? I'm going to fail if I do that. If I don't wait till it's perfect and it's going to succeed, then if I just start, I'm going to fail. Let me tell you a story. When, when our, my business, Dial 800, which is the main business we have, we're like the Google Analytics for phones. 
Well, we weren't the Google Analytics for phones. We were just a company that let people use phone numbers. And I said, gee, we're losing a bunch of clients. We've got to do more value. We've got to build some software. So we built a call tracking software. It was ugly. Right? But I went out there and pitched it. And I got clients to buy it. And said, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually we started building more and more and finding out what was so bad about it. And if you look at it today, I mean, I can't even believe anybody bought it. But that's what you do. You get it out there. And they were, they loved the idea, right? And so that's really, it's, it's a process. But don't wait till it's perfect. Get it out there as fast as humanly possible. I love that. And I think another mistake that I see people make is they rely so much on thinking that they need the people and the connections and the resources and the money and things like that. But there's an old saying, and it's 80% of your success in life and in business is going to be your psychology. 20% is going to be the strategies and the tactics and the mechanics. Do you believe that's a pretty accurate uh, representation there? That mindset trumps strategies and tactics? A hundred percent. I always see, you know, if you were to give a hundred people the exact same blueprint recipe and formula to achieve a specific outcome, why would all 100 people with the exact same blueprint formula and recipe achieve different results? Because it's the psychology. Yeah. You have to be positive. You have to be enthusiastic. You have to be detailed. You have to look at details. You got to be a little crazy too, to be an entrepreneur. You have to be a little crazy, right. You have to come up with things like to do things that nobody has done before. You know, like we did with the research company. Nobody ever thought of taking these, there's five to 10 billion calls a month that just go on the floor, phone companies make no money. And then there's these research companies over here that are dying to speak to people and say, well, why don't we just connect them in the cloud? So everybody's happy. And so nobody's done it. And we've spent lots of time, but it doesn't take a lot of money to do it. It just takes a lot of effort and meeting people and just kind of trying to put stuff together and then find out what works. It's usually an iterative process. You know, people think, oh, just one day is an overnight success. You just woke up in the morning. It didn't <laughs> yeah. happen that way. At least maybe, and maybe in books it does. I don't yeah, know. and most people are 10-year overnight successes, if not 20-year well, overnight Malcolm successes. Gladwell talks about yeah. that in Outliers. It's about 10 years. I mean, the Beatles spent 10 years in, in Berlin uh, for refining their, their skill by working in these cheap clubs in a terrible area of town all <laughs> night long. 10 years. And many of the greatest people that we see out there, it's years and years of, of really hard work. But you got to start and get it out there as fast as you can. Don't wait. So somebody's listening right now. They have a nine to five job. It's their only source of income that pays their bills, allows them to live, puts food on their table. Maybe if they even have a family, it allows them to support their family. But they would love nothing more than to get out of their job that maybe is draining them. Maybe it's not their full passion. They have an idea. They have a business. They have a vision but they're terrified of cutting their only source of income off, quitting their job and going out and starting this idea and turning it into something. What do you say to them? I would say, do not quit your day job. Moonlight, right? Put in a lot of hours, but moonlight. Figure out something on the side. Get somebody to buy what you've got, right? But don't, it's too much stress, especially if you have a family. In in the real life, right? But once you start getting some traction, at some point you say, you know what? This is a real business. Do you have some examples of how people can compound small, consistent efforts to yield massive returns in their life? Oh, 100%. I, I, I've never heard the hour a day will pave the way, but I love yeah. it. It's, it's awesome. Uh, I, uh, Fun little sayings like that help people rem- remind uh, right. important things they can be doing in you life. Know, 30 minutes of, uh, of uh, doing anything and any consistent thing on a daily basis, uh, 30 minutes of exercise, 30 minutes of meditation and yeah. 
30 minutes of serious, close, real discuss, you know, talking with your family, your yeah. wife and things like that. And sometimes it can only be two minutes or 30 seconds. I say the habit is more important than the effort. Right. And the, and the hardest thing I would say for most people is the discipline of a daily thing. And, I, and I've got it, what I do, mm-hmm. for instance, behavior, I work on certain behaviors. So every night before I go to bed, I have a chart next to my bed and my chart says, did I do this behavior today? And it's and nobody's seeing the chart. It's just me. Yeah. But I check every single day. I've done this for many, many, many years. Compounding small, <clears throat> consistent efforts. Right. And and these are just momentary states of mind. Like um, if I'm working on happiness, right? Did I smile at somebody today? Mm. Right. Did I give them the kind of face that they want? A serious face, a, a compassionate face, a smiling face. If I did it, I get a little check. Yeah. Right. And so doing those little things, but consistency consistently doing it is really the key. That's how you do get change. And it's micro, it's like, it's very small changes, but what happens is when you look back after a year or two years, it's gigantic. Yeah. I say the younger you can start, the better because you're, you're capitalizing on the power of compounding. Uh, obviously. So when did you develop this philosophy? I, I think it's just part of my DNA, really. Did uh, you do it when you were in your 20s, 30s, 40s? Yeah, I, I, I did it from... I've been working since I was 15. Okay. I was, but as far as really getting discipline, I would say probably it really wasn't until my 40s where I really got really clear that I have to do certain things. We mm-hmm. say uh, things like deed shapes the heart. Do you want to wait till you feel like doing it? Well, you're probably not going to exercise. You're probably not going to give much money to people. Probably, a lot of things. Just start doing stuff because in the action, you know, emotion, Tony Robbins, right? Yeah. The emotion, it creates, motion creates emotion. How important is it to have an amazing group of people in your life, personally and professionally? It's, it is. It's the most important vital. thing. Vital. Yeah. We are, we are nurture nature. The nurture part is gigantic. We're born with certain talents and predispositions, but the people that you hang around with will have a tremendous influence on you. And that influence is either going to be positive, nothing, or negative. If you have negative influence, you really should get them and really not make them part of your core yeah. part of your Slowly life. Slowly transition out or get them out quick. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, if it wasn't for my wife, for instance, right? she's my best friend in the world, been married over 30 years. I love her to pieces. I teach marriage classes on how to have a great marriage. And she's just like the rock. And she's, and she's just really, so, and my, I have a best friend who's a solid person, a kind person, my business partner, uh, Jim, uh, who runs the Dial 800. I, I can't even, I, maybe we had one argument in 10 years, nine, 10 years, because our focus, we're aligned on the focus. So you've got incredible values. partners, incredible family. To simplify and recap, to achieve your goals, you got to have a clear vision. you got to have a powerful why and reason for achieving it. Learn the what and the how to achieve it. And as we were just finishing on right now, surround yourself with great people. Scott Richards, I appreciate sure. you for coming on the show, my You're friend. You're welcome. I'm Mark Lack on Business Rockstars, connecting a community of entrepreneurs. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at businessrockstars.com. Message and data rates may apply. Earning your degree from one of the top business schools in the country might sound impossible to fit into your workload. But what if there were a business degree that advanced your career skills and gave you access to world-renowned faculty, leaders, and mentors all on your schedule? One that opened doors to some of the most influential CEOs, tech companies, law firms, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. 
And what if you could earn that degree in as little as 16 months, 100% online? Find out more. Text LEAD to 79645. Start on the path to earning your MBA or Business Analytics Master's degree online from the W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State University today. Learn more about the graduate programs from the top-ranked W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State University offered 100% online. Text LEAD to 79645. That's L-E-A-D to 79645. This is Business Rockstars. Rockstars. Welcome back to Business Rockstars. Now let's go to Mark Lack. I'm Mark Lack. This is Business Rockstars. We're here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. Joining us right now is Sean Kinnearum. He's a founder and partner at SidePorch. Good to have you on the show, brother. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. So SidePorch, what's your company do? It's a consulting group. We're working with companies all around the planet to help executive teams drive positive social impact, environmental impact into core operations of what they do. So in English and layman's terms, who's your ideal client and and how are you guys helping them? Ideal client is a good human being who really wants to have the efforts of what they're doing on every day making a positive impact on the planet. And that's through core operations of companies, through work of foundation, nonprofit, but trying to figure out how to do a better job and hold themselves accountable to that. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And so is there a price range of an ideal client? Like they have to have a $10 million business? $100 million business? We just hit our first anniversary on Saturday, so we're a year in. So the ideal client for us right now is someone who has revenue that would be able to pay consulting fees. We're not working for equity. Okay. We're not working pro bono. So a company that has the ability to pay is important to us, of mm-hmm. course. Um, but in terms of the size, we've worked with some of the largest companies on the planet, and we've worked with startups. So it's nice. really the through line are just extraordinary people who yeah. really want to do good stuff. And I love that, because at the end of the day, I feel like, a business is built on its people. And so mm-hmm. the fact that you guys are really first and foremost looking for great people is mm-hmm. not only gonna make the process easier, but I feel like you know good people are gonna have a better impact and that's what you guys help them do. So you've only been doing this for a year. Mm-hmm. So what did you do before this? Well, before it, it, it continues a long process of trying to really support extraordinary people off to do good things. Yeah. That started in a high school classroom. I started off and thought I would always be teaching English and Spanish, always be coaching baseball. So I was coaching up north in the Bay Area and started that way and loved it. Um, Worked with kids, were able to teach and inspire and really serve uh, an audience of people that I cared about. From there, moved to tech, um, got a chance to see the dot-com bust, which taught me a lot and taught me that I it was time to go and get my PhD that I always wanted. So I got a PhD in comparative literature. Wow, what is comparative literature? Compar- What's a PhD in that? It, yeah, a PhD in that means you love literature, um, but, <laughs> which it has to be. Any PhD is really yeah. more about perseverance and self-will more than any type of brilliance. Mm. But in the process of doing this PhD, I always knew that I really wanted to have a connection to real-world issues, real-world problems. So instead of writing and reading and teaching about you know dead white guys who lived in Europe centuries ago, I looked at connections between cultural 
developments, so journalism in yeah. Latin America, alongside how the World Bank set up for loans. So I did this economics yeah. literature combination course and did a degree in economic development policy at the same time as the PhD to make sure I understood the numbers. So how has getting a PhD mm-hmm. helped you in business? So here's what. Um, the most important thing I ever heard from my PhD advisor, she was asking me, what is it that you're supposed to be doing? I said, yeah, I got to write this great dissertation. I got And she's like, no, no, no. Yeah. You have to get five signatures on a piece of paper. Convince okay. yourself how to get this thing done, get five signatures, and solve a problem. It's a pretty complex undertaking for a year of sitting there, and no matter what roadblock I hit, I had to keep going. I had a baby sitting at home. I had another child on the way, and I was writing this paper, and I was so motivated to get this thing finished. And I think that's really carried on into my work right now, where the problems we face are pretty interesting. They're very complex, and they don't always work out cleanly. So the job is how do you get this thing done to the best of your ability in a way that's actually going to lead to good results. So I feel like most PhDs don't go and spend all their time, energy, and money, Mm -hmm. and in some cases even going into a good amount of debt, to get a PhD just to end up becoming an entrepreneur. So was entrepreneurship always going to be a path for you, or was that something that happened because of a different reason? Over a process of time, and I think some good fortune, some blessings, and luck. Um, My dad was an entrepreneur. He built houses. He built a company that drilled water wells. Well, that helps. Heard forever. You 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 have to work for yourself and that whole process. So that was in the back of my head. But I never thought I'd be doing this 15, 20 years ago. I had my 20th college reunion next weekend. Um, coming out of the PhD, I thought I'd be teaching. I thought I'd be teaching and writing for a career. I love to teach. It might be what I do best is working around people in that environment. And we also knew we wanted our two kids to be in Chicago where I grew up. So we went back to Chicago. I ended up getting a job at the MacArthur Foundation as chief of staff where I had the opportunity to serve two presidents working across the entire institution, doing everything from managing the board to building an evaluation policy to actually doing even physical security policy for the foundation, hmm. which then brought me to maybe one of the consummate entrepreneurs yeah. on earth, which was Jeff Skoll. I had a chance to then move from that position to become chief of staff of the Jeff Skoll Group out here in Los Angeles. Very cool. And that really got me closer to working in entrepreneurship as I learned from the best. I love that. It's a great story. And I love how, you know, it's very unconventional, mm-hmm. um, which you just touched on, you know, how you went from PhD to entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Founder and partner of Side Porch, Sean Kinnearum is joining us right now. We're here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. I'm Mark Lack, and this is Business Rockstars. Has there been a part in your story where, and on your journey thus far, where you feel like you had one of those seasons, one of those seasons of adversity where things just weren't going the way they should and mm-hmm. maybe you you know, had fear, struggles, frustrations, maybe even had thoughts or doubts of giving up. Um, could have been when you were trying to get your PhD, could have been um, having a family and trying to juggle work or business. Do you have one of those seasons or stories that you could share with us? Well, it's, it's funny, many of the descriptions of that season are things, mm-hmm. at least for me, that extend continuously. <laughs> Self-doubt, insecurities, am I on the right path? Yeah. Um, so it's been with me often, and many of the people in this entrepreneurship boat that I speak with are constantly bombarded by this, this self-doubt as well. Um, a little over a year ago, I was in one of those times. I came out to Los Angeles to serve Jeff Skoll and at the Jeff Skoll Group as chief of staff. And Jeff had moved over to become the head of participant media. And the role in the office I came out here to work on ceased to be there. And I had to figure out what my next steps were. There was 
a lot of anxiety about what am I going to do next. I had this interest in starting my own company. I had seen an opportunity, um, and I had never done this before. So through a lot of friendship, through a lot of love from people like my wife and other people around me, through prayer, I decided to take this jump. But, I mean, for the last year, every day has been a, been a struggle and a fight and a triumph, luckily, but um, it's been a fun run. So what do you think is some of the key components then that help somebody develop the mindset to be able to not only persevere through the ups and the downs and the fears and the self-doubts, mm-hmm. but also to be able to confidently continue moving forward? I think in over, an overriding vision that one feel, at least for me, an overriding vision that I felt is important and that I need to do. Yeah. I, mean, I have a real call towards serving others and trying to serve this planet. There's a metaphor that has really guided my life for years. It's this idea of magnetic north. And I've heard lots of talk about how true north is the thing to look for and you kind of keep focused on this thing you're looking towards. Magnetic north has always struck me as a better concept. Magnetic north, interestingly, actually moves constantly based on the turn of the earth and all kinds of other factors. And that concept always kept me in mind that it requires a dynamic appreciation of what it is I'm going for. My vision today is quite likely going to be consistent with, but different from the vision I'm going to be following a year from now. Mm. So that constant appreciation of where I'm going and thinking about it really helps. I love that. We'll be right back with Sean Kinnearum. I'm Mark Lack. This is Business Rockstars. We're here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. You can join us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at businessrockstars.com. This is sponsored by SAP Concur. According to new research from SAP Concur, nearly 60% of business travelers have changed their travel plans because they didn't feel safe. More than 77% of female travelers say they have experienced harassment or mistreatment while traveling. Nearly 40% have been ignored by service workers, and nearly a third have been catcalled during a business trip. Kim Albright, CMO for SAP Concur. An equal world is an enabled world, and that's the theme of this year's International Women's Day. At SAP Concur, we believe employers need to work harder to better enable women and other business travelers to stay safe. Employers can do this through better training, technology, and other resources. For example, there are apps that can help travelers understand the safety levels of hotel locations and other resources to identify developing dangers. Executives, corporate travel managers, and employees can learn more. DocuSign Agreement Club. This is Business Rockstars. 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 Now let's go to Mark Lack. I'm Mark Lack. This is Business Rockstars. We're here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. And our guest today is Sean Kinnearum. He's a founder and partner at Side Porch. Pleasure to have you, brother. It's good to be here, Mark. All right. I want to hear the elevator pitch for your company. Give it to me. Great. Many companies, especially entrepreneur-led companies, have a real deep desire to do good things on the planet, but don't necessarily either know how to go about doing that in the core operations 
or in the pressure of their everyday lives building companies have trouble figuring out how to structure that in. Mm. Side Porch works with founders, works with executive teams to define what impact means in their particular instances. Impact can mean many different things in different yeah. situations. And then the type of work that's carried out after that depends on where that inspiration mm. comes from. It could be business planning, capital acquisition planning, could be security policy development. We work with companies across the spectrum of activities to make sure that that instinct and that desire to do good stuff in the world is carried out in core operations of their organization. So why do you think most companies are struggling with those things? Or what do you think are some of the most common things you see your clients that you work with struggling with? Well, part of the struggle is even understanding what it means to do good in the world. We're taught in our MBA programs and life that business means a certain thing and you have to, you know, produce value for shareholders. Many of these companies have investors and shareholders coming from generations where positive impact is something that means jeopardizing business results. And increasingly, we're in an environment where operating in these ways that are driving impact will lead to greater financial returns. But figuring out how to do that is not something that is necessarily instinctive to many and certainly not something that's taught often, even though schools are starting to change on that account as well. Yeah, the formal education system, definitely, in my humble opinion, I believe, having just come out of it, is flawed in some ways, uh, but there's no context there. Sometimes the formal education system is phenomenal, um, but I think when it comes to teaching people about marketing, which is what I went to school for, or entrepreneurship, um, it's tough to teach those things in a classroom. And the investors that have put yeah. money in and are looking for return, rightly so, aren't necessarily looking to talk in a board meeting about what are the measures of impact you're having on the planet other mm -hmm. than financial finding ways to work with investors, but also to match entrepreneurs and companies with appropriate sources of capital that'll allow them to drive a mission, which might result in serving changing consumer demographics that are increasingly looking for companies that mean something and have the sophistication to know when they're not pushing the right products or with the right motivation. So you guys sound like you guys offer a lot of different services. What do you feel like is the most prominent service you offer, either as the most valuable or the most common thing that you offer? I think there's two that we're spending a lot of time on. First is the overall business strategy to align the business approach and the plans and yeah. the operation plans with this high level uh, impact or the high level vision that they're trying to have. We also spend a lot of time working on capital acquisition strategies for companies to map out the landscape of who's out there looking to support companies that are driving good change, mm. both at side porch, but also knowing that we wanted to drive our own capital into, into organizations. I joined a company called Estabrook Investors earlier this year where we're running a, currently running a fund of funds in the absolute return hedge fund space. But right now we're launching a second fund of funds in clean tech, renewable and land use sectors early to mid-stage venture managers that we're investing in to make sure that we have networks into you know, the smallest angels through the largest wealth managers on the planet mm. so that we can pull those networks into play with the kind of companies and clients and others that we care about that we're trying to support. So how did you get the education that makes you qualified to offer what you're doing? <laughs> That's a good question. And going back to the, the, what we were talking about earlier of constantly being aware of how much more I have to learn is, mm. is through here. What at the like where, where do you get your education? Right, like, because right. that's what I always love to learn. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge advocate of trying to cultivate the wisdom from other people. Mm -hmm. And one of the fastest ways to not only get the wisdom from a person by learning from them, it's also to learn who they learned from. So I'm curious, right. who have you learned from? So at the MacArthur Foundation, I was lucky enough to work with an investment committee and a board and a 
investment team that was outstanding. I got to work directly with Jeff Skoll for a number of years, who's a, just a wonderful investor. His group, Capricorn Investment, his investment group, Capricorn Investment Group, yeah. is awesome. And I had a chance to work with those men and women, learning from them. My current partner at Estabrook right now, Ted White, is just an extraordinary human being, and also it has decades of work in impact yeah. investing. And then there's a lot of onus put on myself of constantly reading, constantly learning. Right now I'm completing my study towards a Series 65 exam to make sure that I also have a license and can say that, you know, I not only can tell you that I know what I'm doing, but I can show <laughs> demonstrable yeah. proof that I can do it as well. So you, like me, are a huge advocate of constant and never-ending learning. Founder and partner mm -hmm. of SidePorch, Sean Kinnearum is joining us. We're here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. I'm Mark Lack, and this is Business Rockstars. We're talking about a couple different things with the company so mm -hmm. far. What do you feel like is maybe one of the hardest things that you've endured so far as an entrepreneur? Was yeah. it just getting started? Was well, it <laughs> Definitely, you know, I joke a lot of times when people ask how we're doing. I said, well, I paid rent this month. And it seems like something small, but every time I've said it to someone who started their own company, they kind of nod and, and understand <laughs> it. It's been this constant pressure to make sure that you perform month to month to make sure that, you know, mm -hmm. I have two kids at home. I'm hoping that they get to stay fed and going to school. So I have yeah. that. Both it's a... It, it's a pressure, but it's also a really good motivator, knowing that I have really important things that I got to make this work for. So that's yeah. always on my mind. Um, finding the right clients is important to us as well. We've had opportunities to take jobs with companies that might not have been as serious about doing good on the planet as, as they could. They could write the check, but they don't have the same value alignment. Exactly. So having the confidence that the vision we had and what we want to do is good and true and staying staying kind of very doggedly in some way closing off opportunities is the hard part of saying no to things and learning when it's okay to say no and when you have to say no has been one of the most difficult parts of this last year. So you alluded to something and it was, you know, being able to and being confident in who to say no to. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of consulting companies especially, but just businesses in general, mm -hmm. I think they don't necessarily reflect what you guys are doing, which is finding clients that are congruently in alignment with the values that you're looking for. So what do you say to the people out there who maybe aren't taking that as serious as they should? Well, I think we are fortunate, and we did this on purpose to create this fortune, is that the premise of what we're doing is predicated on us staying true to that. It's one of those things that have to be true for us. If we start compromising on with whom we're working with or what we're working yeah. on, it undermines my credibility and our credibility. Another thing that I would say to anybody who's building a company is find the right partners to surround yourself with. I've been very fortunate to work with Jama Adams, yeah. who is my partner at SidePorch. She came out of being one of the first employees at the Giving Pledge, has worked in a number of other pretty high-profile um, jobs. But the most important thing about working with Jama is the kind of person she is and that she holds me and us accountable to the type of values that, that we put forth at the beginning. So mm -hmm. working with her has been one of the most important things I've had. Um, and then you throw in my wife has been an incredible advocate and a partner at Side Porch and many of the other good people I'm blessed to have surrounding me. Would you want to be an employee at your company, Side Porch? I would. Um, I, th I think this company has an opportunity to serve people and organizations that are going to shake this planet in good ways. I think we're operating in the right way. We're working across a diversity and a complexity of systems that is extraordinary. 
And back to a, a theme throughout our conversation, we're working with good human beings. And the chance to work with good human beings on projects that you're going to be able to see and point to how they're making a difference is not a bad combination. So we've got a good human being in the room with us right now, and they've got a nine to five job Mm -hmm. and they're an aspiring entrepreneur. They're struggling to sort of connect the pieces of the puzzle for their business. That's why they listen to shows like Business Rockstars Mm -hmm. to learn from people like ourselves to try to help connect the dots for them. So they're trying to figure out when is the right time to cut the cord from their job and go all in on having an impact in the world as you're talking about. When's the right time for them? Connected to what we were just talking about a minute ago, I think you really need to understand the market or have a pretty strong hypothesis that there is a market demand for what it is you're going to sell or what you're gonna be doing. When we came out a year ago, we had an understanding based on our experience in the last 10 years that there was a growing desire in the corporate world to really do good things in the world through their core business activities. And so we went after that and we knew some of the first places we wanted to go to. And we had a pretty extraordinary network around the globe set up that would allow us to test our our premise. We didn't know if it was going to work out or not, but we had a pretty good confidence that there was a chance. So to an early young entrepreneur, someone who is about to start entrepreneurship, because it's not only a young pursuit for the young, I think having that idea pretty clear idea of how you're going to start it off is really super important. Also, there's a financial risk at play. Knowing that, figuring out in your instance what it means to take that risk and what kind of cover you need to have in order to make that jump, Mm -hmm. it's pretty important to have your eyes open to it going in. Especially if you got a family to feed and bills to pay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be a jump regardless, but understanding what the constraints are that you're working from, I think is pretty important to do it well, because it takes a lot, it's not just faith and perseverance, it's also a lot of dedication and a lot of organization and a lot of thoughtful planning that goes into being successful at this. Yeah, I mean, if you think that you're gonna make your first money in 30 days to pay your bills, you might wanna project what if you don't in 90 days, maybe even six months. Or what if it takes that long for one of your clients to pay? That's the point, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. if you could only leave your kids with one piece of advice, no money, no connections, you can leave them with anything but one piece of advice, What would that piece of advice be? Follow your path. I think it's figure out what you've been put on this planet to do, or at least what's the path you've been put on, and follow that path. And I think if you stay aware enough about what it is you think, I mean, for me, it's the path that God put in front of me. If I'm paying attention, I know when I strayed off that path. I have no idea where it's going, but I can tell you when I'm messing up. Yeah, yeah. when I'm working on that path, things have a way of working themselves out, and I feel like I'm carrying out what it is I was supposed to be on this planet for. Sean, it's a pleasure having you on the show, brother. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. I'm Mark Lack. This is Business Rockstars. Connecting a community of entrepreneurs is what we do. And you can join us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at businessrockstars.com. How do you overcome a no when trying to get funding? I'm Pat O'Brien with the Business Rockstars Minute. Encountering a no from a potential investor can be disheartening, but don't allow it to derail your dream. Here's a few ways you can improve your potential and perhaps even be reconsidered for funding. One, be professional. It's not disrespectful to follow up, but don't hound them. Remember, a certain level of professionalism at all times. Two, raising capital is a long-term goal, even after landing a commitment. Three, a no can be on the road to yes. Obstacles, failures, rejections, they're all exits on the freeway of entrepreneurship. 
keep going past any potential derailments. There's dozens of routes to successful fundraising. When you encounter an obstacle, breathe, and then keep working toward your ultimate goal. I'm Pat O'Brien, and this has been a Business Rockstars Minute. Hey, have you seen the new cyber threat warning about the conversation hijacking? Totally. Cyber criminals are using email account takeover and brand impersonation to insert themselves into email conversations and steal money from businesses. Right. That's why I tell my clients about Barracuda. Same here. They use artificial intelligence to detect and block sophisticated attacks, including account takeover and brand impersonation. Man, I guess you did see it. Don't become a victim. Protect your business at Barracuda.com. Barracuda, your journey secured. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs. Call Civic Tax Relief for free information now. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs you qualify for free. Just call 800-841-0908. 800-841-0908. 800-841-0908. You shouldn't have to choose a random lawyer who charges expensive hourly rates when you need legal help. But the legal system is so complicated, what other choice do you have when you need help with your business or want to protect your family? Start with LegalZoom. They make it easy. For more than a decade, they've provided a way for regular people like you and me to confidently navigate the legal system. LegalZoom's not a law firm, and that's how they provide such great value. They don't rely on charging you by the hour. Instead, you'll get transparent pricing and customer reviews so you know exactly what you're getting up front. If you need help with incorporation, LLCs, trademarks, last wills, living trusts, and more, LegalZoom's the smart choice. They've got the right people on hand to answer your questions. And if you need legal advice, their network of independent attorneys can provide the straightforward guidance you need in most states. Don't let legal hurdles become an excuse. Go to LegalZoom.com today to start building your own future the right way. This is Business Rockstars. 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 Now let's go to Mark Lack. How can biohacking help you be more productive as an entrepreneur? We're here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. I'm Mark Lack. This is Business Rockstars. Joining us to answer that question is our guest, Michael Brandt. He's the co-founder of Nutribox. Michael, pleasure having you, brother. So how can we do it? Mark, thanks for having me. So I think let's first think about what biohacking even is. I think we should define the term. And when we talk about biohacking at Nutribox, what we mean is looking at your body like an engineer and think about it as a system where you have inputs and then you have outputs, right? There's things that you eat, there's things that you do, there's the sleep that you get, the footsteps, and then there's your output, which a lot of times is the productive work that you produce. But it's other things like how do you feel in the day? How healthy are you? Um, and there's a lot of ways of tracking these things. There's more and more devices and sensors and Apple Watches and Fitbits and, and things that are even breaking the skin barrier to become looking more like implants. And there's all these ways of measuring your inputs to optimize your outputs. So I stopped guessing. Yeah, so you stop <laughs> guessing. I think there's certain things that work uh, you know, in general for people at large. And then for a given person, they're going to find that there's certain things that work really well for them in particular. Okay, so practical steps... I'm an entrepreneur, maybe I'm just a person in general who's an aspiring entrepreneur. What are like one or two or three things I can do to hack myself and my body so I can feel my best, 
look my best and perform at my best. Yeah, well, one of the things I would start off with is just looking at nootropics in general. Obviously, okay. this is what I started doing when I started the company Nutribox, my mm-hmm. co-founder. And I would look, at, look around at the nootropic space, and there's things that are generally regarded as safe. There's, there's things that aren't as well that you can experiment course, and dabble yeah. in if you want to. But the, where we operate is in things that are safe, things that are generally regarded as safe by the FDA. And you can start looking at the white papers behind it and say, hey, okay, there's this thing called Bacopa Monieri. How does that affect you? And it turns out that there's a dozen science, like double-blind, placebo-controlled studies that show that when people take this over the long term, over 60, 90 days, that they show better results with their short-term working memory. Mm-hmm. And so you can, start, you can start researching these things and say, okay, what has scientific validity behind it? What tends to work in general? Uh, and we've put a lot of this research together on our biohacker guide on Nutribox. But there's a lot of resources on the internet in general where you can learn about you know, what nootropics would work. It's, it's very similar to like, if you ever go to the gym and you have protein powder or Gatorade or pre-workout. Yeah. Like, if you're ever doing that for your body, um, why not do the same thing for your mind? Or another way to think about it is there's a lot of coffee that's drank People drink alcohol. I'm sure a lot of people listening in have done that. Or yeah. recreational drugs too. Like we're already doing stuff to modulate our mental performance in some way. I would say, you know, take a second, third look at nootropics and figure out, okay, what can you really do to help? You know, if you're hitting 100%, you want to hit 110%. Like you have good days most days. How do you make every day a good day? Yeah, most people aren't aware of like when you wake up and you just feel great. Yeah. That's not an accident. Right. Most people wake up and they're just sluggish. They're, they wake up tired. Yeah. What? How? Why did you just sleep? Yeah, yeah. How are you waking up tired? And I'm not saying I'm perfect. Sometimes I wake up tired right. too, which is why I love this topic because I'm such an advocate of trying to figure out when I feel great, how do I cultivate that? How do right. I harness that so that I can feel great all the and, time? And, or at least when I need to, like when I come on the show, when I go speak on stages around the world, how can I hack my body so that at the very least, I know here's what I can do to know I will feel mentally, physically, and emotionally at my best. Yeah. You know, one thing that's really interesting in the general biohacking space is glucose monitoring. So this, this might be something that, you know, if, if any of your friends are diabetic, like out of medical necessity, they have to measure their glucose levels. Uh, my co-founder but the average and I, person doesn't. Yeah. yeah, the average person doesn't. My co-founder, and I, my co-founder and I just got continuous glucose monitors. So if you could see under my shirt, there's literally a, a little thing that's got a needle yeah. in it. And I, I, wipe, I wave the sensor over it and it'll tell me my glucose levels. So and a little needle in your arm right now? Yeah, there's a needle in my arm right now. Uh, Can you feel it? Uh, no, I, it's, it's very minor. Yeah, it's imperceptible. Um, the technology's gotten really good. Uh, and that's really cool because I can, I can start kind of unpacking some of these patterns. When I feel really well, it's like I look at my history and it's like, hmm, I've been eating stuff that's generally like very high in carbs. Mm-hmm. Or um, I'm feeling kind of low because I exercise and, and then didn't eat well afterwards. Or something. So your like, glucose I'm, level will reveal typically emotionally how you're feeling it'll, or physically? I think it's a very powerful signal. There's other signals okay. too. And I wish that this told me 12 other things. I wish it told me mm-hmm. certain hormone levels, my ketone levels, and my cholesterol. I wish That yeah, will yeah, happen very that soon. That will happen very soon. I wish that I have to change it out every two weeks. I think one day it's going to just go inside of you and never have to come out. Right? Yeah. And so... I, I'm interested in exploring the forefront of like what's the best of the best of or what's your there watch will right just now. tell you or something. Oh like yeah, that. co-founder of Nutribox, Michael Brands joining us. We're here to inspire, inform, and connect community of entrepreneurs. I'm Mark Lack, and this is Business Rockstars. We're talking about how biohacking can help you be more productive as an entrepreneur. We've gone over some great things so far. Yeah, you've got a needle in your arm right now, monitoring yeah. your glucose level. So I love that we're talking about this because you're not somebody who just talks about it. You're living it. Right. So I love that you're like, I got a needle in my arm yeah. right now. And I, I like to play this special balance where I, I want to do things that are practical. Like I'm not going to go for three hours of blood tests a day or I'm not going mm-hmm. to do things that are completely uh, in, unfeasible. I'm still at the end of the day, I, I want to 
as a business person, I'm trying to build this bridge from like what's the cutting edge of science around biohacking to what's an actual user behavior, like what's something that people actually use and and do not just because the science behind it is really cool, but because it's it's so useful and so easy to use. It's frictionless. It, it's uh, I, I have a theory that you know more technology should feel like less technology. The way like Uber feels easier than anything before that uh, biohacking done really well it takes like the, all this cutting edge of science but right now it's kind of spread across 12 different devices and sensors and working on ways to make it just super simple so for me it's about practical things um one other thing i wanted to, to share when it comes to biohacking is talk, talk about nootropics talk about you know biohacking at large another thing i would definitely mention is intermittent fasting so there's this growing body of of people that are really into fasting on a weekly basis so at, at Nutribox and at our company and our community at large, we have thousands of people that fast on Tuesdays. And there's tons of demonstrated health benefits. There's certain hormone levels that that track with your long-term health that go down. There's uh, been studies on mice that, like, you know, they live two-thirds longer. There's a bunch of interesting, like, your insulin sensitivity goes up because you're not processing all this glucose in your system. You feel just subjectively, you feel really good. I highly encourage it. I think, I think fasting is the new exercise. I yeah. think that uh, this notion of eating three meals a day plus snacks, like the human body wasn't really meant for it. The same way the human body was not meant to sit at a computer all day and type. You, yeah. We make ourselves go to the gym. We introduce that stress into our lives because it makes us more resilient. And yeah. I would say that fasting is this, is this giant thing. I think it's going to be as big as exercising. And I love how passionate they are for this topic, brother. I feel oh, like yeah. you could go for days, but this is the end of our segment. Yeah. I appreciate you for coming on the show, yeah. bro. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Mark. Thank you. I'm Mark Lack. This is Business Rockstars, connecting a community of entrepreneurs. You can join us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at businessrockstars.com. This information is given with the understanding that neither the host nor the station is engaged in rendering legal, accounting, business, or other professional advice. Since the details of your situation are unique, you should...